Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Shomler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 429. Today is a very unique, uh, fun, and special episode. I sat down and did an interview with Amith Sankarin, who is the CEO of Religion of Sports. Of course, they made the documentary series Tom vs. Time. They made their, their, you know, they put out and they're still releasing episodes of Man in the Arena on ESPN Plus. And uh, so, first of all, I this kind of fell in my lap, this opportunity. And I, I was like, uh, yeah, of course I'll do that. That sounds amazing and weird. And this is a guy who works with Tom Brady. He's met him multiple times. And I, I just want to acknowledge, and this is something that I think Amith would never say on the interview. He's very kind, great dude. I love. And we talked a lot before we started recording too. And, um, I just, I don't know if I should say this. Maybe it diminishes me. I don't really know. I don't, I don't really care. I, I do whatever I want. I say whatever I want. I want it clear. I'm grateful, man. Like th- this is an opportunity. I, I don't know how it happened. All right. Like <laughs> this is a guy who knows Tom Brady sitting down talking to me and he's the CEO of this massive media company. And I ended up doing an interview with him. It's a weird situation. And I, I, Amit is so kind and humble, but I want the audience listening to know this is a weird, it's like a crazy opportunity. I, I, the fact I even got to sit down and talk to this guy is pretty cool. And uh, I hope I didn't fan, like fanboy out too much. I'm, I like, I, I'm clearly like a massive fan of Tom Brady. I love, I've watched everything this company's made basically. So um, it's unique. It's cool. My only regret is I, I wish I would have asked him about the other stuff they've made. I should have talked about Russell Westbrook's documentary series. I should have talked about um, the Formula One docuseries they've made. I, I was short on time. There's only so much time this guy had. He's he's like between meetings, basically like happy to give me like it was. Cr- I just I I want it clear. Like I'm I'm grateful because this is a really cool opportunity I got. Without further ado, enjoy this interview with Amith, the CEO of Religion of Sports. Joining me now is Amith Sankaran, the CEO of Religion of Sports. First of all, Amith, thank you so much. It's a huge honor. I'm really grateful to have you. And uh, how are you? Great, great. No, no, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for uh, the invite and opportunity. We're here to talk about a, a docuseries I love, Man in the Arena. Uh, at first, can we start with just you talking about your involvement with the series? Yeah, so the series is, uh, you know, Man in the Arena is a, a docuseries on ESPN. Um, it's about Tom Brady and his 10 Super Bowls and what he's done in each Super Bowl to kind of uh, drive towards success. And, and, uh, and so we're we're through episode uh, uh, four, I think is uh, five now has been released. Uh, every week they're out. Uh, my involvement's been I'm an executive producer on the show, uh, which basically means you know I was, I was there with Tom and ESPN at the beginning to help bring it to life with Gotham, my business partner, and uh, and several others, many others, to make who made this happen. And you know along the way, I would say you know the way Gotham and I kind of think about the company and our world and so forth. He drives all things creative. He's a creative genius. He's been a filmmaker for 20 plus years. He's the essence of our creative energy and I'm sort of everything else that's around. And so you know, <laughs> when it comes to how do we scale, how do we think about NFL deals, ESPN deals, and then you know, there's always this moment or version where it's like, all right, well, let's actually have the non-creative person opine on everything audience related and what uh, <laughs> might come to life. And that's yeah. you know, where I jump in the edit room too, but it's, but it's usually far, few and far between. I think the the first question, first of all, it's phenomenal. I really like the show. It's really cool to get an insight into Tom Brady and some of his life and the stories of 
Like the the Super Bowl I was most looking forward to was episode four, where they lost the first one of the Giants. They were eighteen and one, and that painful loss in that year. Uh, first of all, I guess thank you for making it. I I'm enjoying it. It's cool to get insight to Tom. I, I am curious how much say does Tom Brady have in what does ultimately air in the show? Is he at all saying like I want to talk about this and that? Like what kind of say does he have in what goes to air? Yeah, and that's a great question because look, even though there's the big category of you know we do as a company. Uh, all kinds of content, scripted content, so fiction, uh, we've started a division around audio, podcasts, and so forth. But even in this unscripted world, uh, in this broad unscripted world, there's lots of different wor- versions of that. There's, um, and I would actually contrast Tom versus Time, which I don't know if you watched a few years ago yep. made on Facebook Watch, and Man in the Arena. Tom versus Time was more of a follow doc. Tom, Tom was involved, obviously, the central character of the piece, but it was more around let's track the season and then let's go back and figure out what, what are we learning and how does that relate to other things that from upbringing and, and, and mission and so forth. Um, this is very much Tom's point of view. This, this whole thing started um, with Tom actually having an idea around, you know, as, as he was kind of thinking about and reflecting on the Super Bowl against the Rams and saying, wow, I mean, if I think about these, they all kind of build on each other and I actually have something now that I apply not only to the next Super Bowl, but to my life that I've learned from every single one of these things. And that nugget of the idea came from him. And we sort of then collaboratively built what the series would be together. And so then to answer your question more directly, yes, he's, he feels so invested that he wants to get into, you know, and, and if you've watched the series, a lot of it uh, and a lot of feedback we get that's very positive right now is around, you know, I love what Tom's perspective is, but I love so much about the characters that are being profiled in each of these. And that's came from Tom. He wanted to make sure that he not only talked about what he learned, but who he learned it from or why he learned it. And, and that involved you know, getting really deep in one or two characters per episode. No, it's very clear Tom decided, I want to highlight these people. Like, he didn't need to give all the props he gave to Drew Bledsoe. He didn't need to talk about Laura Malloy and Rodney Harris. Or but he, he's been using his platform to talk about the characters that helped him win Super Bowls and get to Super Bowls along his journey. And that, I think, says a lot about him as a person. Can you talk about, so did he say, I want these couple people? Like, how were the characters chosen? Like, episode five, for example, does something very different where usually it's been two characters and Tom Brady. This one had a third one. It was Giselle, Wes Welker, and then, oh, Bill O'Brien. So how was it decided what characters would be alongside Tom in each episode? Yeah, it was a collaborative process. Like, we always uh, have worked along with all of our, all of uh, the, the athletes or subjects or others we work with. Um, but, but this is an example where there were some, but just it was super clear, right? Number one, Tom started from the beginning of saying the lessons, obviously humility, and he learned that from Drew. And so it came, that was, I mean, unanimous. And then I think other things, just no one's going to know but Tom, right? No one's going to know that um, Bill O'Brien made a difference because of some of the subtleties, the offense, the, the, the dynamic and so forth, but Tom. And so... Those are some of the things that yeah, you just don't, you wouldn't get from any other person. And so uh, a lot of it was collaborative and a lot of it was his point of view. And then sometimes, you know, Gotham and our creative team would push back on ideas too, right? Say, got it, Tom, that makes a lot of sense, but let's think about the story again. You're trying to tell the broader picture and is that person the right fit? And so it was, it was, it was very collaborative. I loved the teapot story where yeah. they, they called Bill O'Brien the teapot and they made this little trophy basically. And I, it really, I, it's the most I've ever felt connected to Bill O'Brien. Like I didn't know him very well as, as a personality. He's always been a coach and this and that. And it was cool to kind of humanize him even further. I really liked that about him. Um, I'm curious, 
and this is I, I don't know if you can answer this, but I watching I'm like I kind of my dream. I don't know if it's possible. I would imagine Bill Belichick is like I am not going on that show. He doesn't do anything. Does Bill appear in anything? Yeah, I can't. I can't answer that. You have to watch for it. You have to watch But I mean, I think I think the thing that you'll see, even in the ones that are released, is Tom talking so uh, uh, effusively around what he learned from Bill and how yeah. what what concert. And then even if you watch in episode three, for example, I mean, I think I think Teddy Bruschi almost slips or something in one of the episodes, saying we were programmed in a certain way. I mean, there there is a method to everything, and. Uh, just comes to light even in the first few episodes implicitly so you you've been around tom a lot and i i'm curious and i, I don't want you to speak for tom that that's not what i want here but I, I am curious if i would imagine tom was a little bit frustrated by some of the the narratives about him and bill and they don't like each other it seems like that just isn't true is that your impression they seem like they are the, the respect between bill and tom is really strong yeah, I, I think that's starting there, right? I, I think you know, again, to your point. I mean, he's got, he's got agents, he's got, um, he's got teammates, he's got coaches. I mean, those people know his relationship and the depth of that relationship far better than me. Um, but what I will say is, what I hear all the time is the respect, the professional respect, what he took mm -hmm. away. Um, that was positive, and you know, I think. He would say, he'd be the first one to say that when he made his decision, he said it publicly to go to Tampa, that it was for a variety of reasons. And he felt like his time there was all, he, he loved it, but he wanted to move on. And I think that's probably how he feels about the coach, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't speculate too much on it. I think, I think he's, he's kind of, um, you know, what you learn from him, what I learned from him is, you know, he's, uh, he's a very, you know, he, he's a, he's not a very, um, I would say religious person, but he's a very spiritual person in a way that, in that he's very reflective. He's, 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 he's introspective. He thinks a lot about, um, what he's doing, why he's doing it, what he's learning, what he takes away. And, um, I think what that definitely does allows him to live in the present quite a bit. And so, you know, these kinds of, I mean, you can't, I, I couldn't imagine being on that level of, of, of a public sphere and then sitting on things like, I mean, he just moves on and he moves into a place where he's thinking about the next game, the interaction with his family, this business. And it's, uh, it's really refreshing and really cool to see. And you combine that with his kind of default positive, infectiously positive attitude. And it's, it's actually quite amazing. I, so growing up for me, Tom Brady was very much a role model. I really, I, I've tried to, so I'm, I'm not a professional quarterback, very clearly. But I think you can watch Tom and learn lessons by the way he lives his life and his work ethic. And I, I've been incredibly inspired by him. And I try to take the lessons I learned watching him and use them in my everyday. I, I may not be a quarterback, but I use the lessons I learned as a quarterback in my everyday life and in my business and my family and everything. I'm, I'm curious what lessons you've learned from Tom Brady, working with him, being around him. I would imagine you've been influenced a lot because I, I know from afar, just watching, I've been influenced a lot. So how has he influenced you? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's in, people always ask us, right, We're on our board we have, uh, and our co-founders are Michael Strahan, Tom, and, and Gotham, and they're on our board, and, uh, and then we have others on our board, great media investors and so forth, so people always ask whether they're investors or partners or even other athletes, like what, how, how are Tom and Michael in board meetings, how do they contribute day to day, and, you know, I'll answer that the, the you know, obviously the network is there, and obviously them contributing content, and all those things are hugely beneficial. But the thing that's, that's, that sticks out the most is just for both of them, um, their positive attitude, their continual, their ability to always be positive, which is hugely influential on how we think mm -hmm. about 
leading. Um, and then their ability, uh, both of them also, to think about, you know, when we have challenges or issues, whether those are team issues, conflicts across uh, other companies or content that we're trying to launch, all those things are, you know, they can reflect back to different things that they've dealt with on the field or with situations. And, you know, I think there was a time, you know, I think we, we were talking and Tom one time started talking about how, we started talking about how, you know, we were, we were have cha having challenges, challenges with some ch employee churn and so forth. And he was like, oh, well, you know, whenever we have this sort of thing happen on the team, uh, we just start back at the basics. And I start thinking about again, you know, how do I get this person brought in and bought in as fast as possible? And, you know, just he's done this. Now you, you, you kind of think about it and reflect on it. How many receivers has he brought into the system or his, his system over the years? How many people has he kind of thought about culture and how to infuse that? And, and so Gotham and I actually use a lot of that uh, when we think about building team, when we think about onboarding and so forth. And I think, you know, and, and, and by the way, that's exactly what we think about with our business and our mission more broadly with religion and sports. We talk a lot about how, whether it's Man in the Arena or a set of podcasts or, you know, we did a doc with Russell Westbrook, Passion Play. Like, how do we get people to look, watch the content and then take a set of life lessons away? That's, that's kind of the broader story. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, why was it called Religion of Sports? That's an interesting name. I, I want to know that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, so, you know, Gotham, Gotham grew up uh, in this world with, uh, you know, he's a massive sports fan, as am I, as a lot of the team, but his, his dad actually is Deepak Chopra and is kind of the, 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 the spiritual guide, meditation teacher. And so Gotham would always say he kind of grew up in this world where his dad would talk about spiritual lessons, and Gotham would say, I, I learned them, I learned all the things he was saying through sports, and that's through rooting with a group of people, a big community for a particular outcome, or seeing a coach kind of take that role of leader and almost parishioner in his way and so forth. And, and, uh, and so that's what, it was the intersection. And the intersection, the goal is also to communicate. It's not that sports are kind of like religion. It's sports are religion, so many people. Mm. Um, and, that's, yeah. and that's really the, the mission. And, it's, and it's, it doesn't really matter who you're from. We find this as we talk about even global sports. We're working on F1 docs and we're working on things in cricket, soccer globally. I mean, it's even more so in a lot of, in a lot of ways, uh, ingrained in the culture. We did three seasons of a show, Religion of Sports, uh, a few years ago, and we went all over the world, and you keep seeing this. Texas-Mexico football battle, uh, a soccer team in Germany made up of all Syrian refugees, the communities behind. I mean, that's, that's sort of the broader story, and it's, it's, it's there around the world. Can you talk about Tom's people skills? I've never met Tom. You've met Tom. But it, it appears like the dude is really good at working with other people, and... I, I know, so I, I played quarterback in college. It's a lot of work to, I'm, one of the hardest things I had to do is connect with freshmen. Like, you know, I, I was a senior in college, and how do I help this 18-year-old kid come into our football program and teach him the offense and get on the same page? Because we got to work together. On Saturdays, he's got to run the right route so I can get him the ball. And from the outside looking in, Tom appears to be just so good at working with the people around him and getting on the same page. Can you talk about that, his people skills? Yeah, I mean, what, what I would say, again, is the positive nature. The other thing that she said that made me laugh a little bit was, uh, you know, we've talked about how, uh, and this isn't even close anymore, how he's closer in age to, uh, or his kids are closer in age to some of his teammates or most of his teammates than he is, right? Oh and, 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 and to your point on, on you know, 22, 18 feels like a chasm when you're in college, right? Imagine 44 and 22, right? I mean, that's, it's a totally different lifestyle perspective culture and so forth and 
you know, he's even older than I think that is offensive coordinator. So, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's basically turned into that sort of, as been for years, I feel like coach on the field. And, and, uh, and so when it comes to people skills, I think what he's done really well, and, I, and I've re- reflect on this in my own life as well. When you spend a lot of time doing something, you, you start to level up in that, in that field and you have a lot more uh, credibility around that. And you ultimately take on that role of leader and so forth. And, and so Tom in different settings now is kind of in that position where people almost default, even he may not be a crypto expert or a media expert or many things, but he's an expert at leading people. He's an expert at being successful at whatever he does. And the thing to your point of people skills, the thing he says in every board meeting, regardless of when it is or what we've, over the last four years has been premium. It's like, I want to be involved with the best. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing. And, you know, that isn't a, um, that's a very authentic statement from him. It's his perspective. You see it in Mandarino when you watch the episodes and so forth. He says it in different ways. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes that he talked about was how some people, you know, shy away because they say um, uh, some version of, oh, I have a chance to do it later because then they don't bring their best at that moment. And I think those are lessons that we take away. And so I think that he says that in our meeting, not because he's um, blowing smoke, although it does get people energized. So there's that effect too, but also because that's what he wants to be a part of. He's got infinite opportunities to spend time on things. He wants to spend time on things that Mm. are creating the most value. Do you have a favorite part of the documentary? Is there anything you're like, I love this. I'm proud of that. (laughs) I mean, so many things I I love. (laughs) I mean, same same with all of our content. I mean, to me, I I think how raw and open Drew was in in episode one Mm. is just, is, uh, it's fascinating because you, you um, in a way, as, as it's not just in sports. I feel like it's in business and everywhere else. People move on, right? As cycles go on, people move on from things. And, um, and then you realized, as always, like this isn't just some guy who, yeah, he signed a $100 million contract and he's fine, but this made an impact on him emotionally. And how was he a better person? How did he deal with that? Uh, it was, was super interesting. Um, and then I think that what I was alluding to on three, just Tom talking a little bit about just work and how you kind of get in that zone. It doesn't matter what you're doing and the work and the perseverance to get through was, was fascinating. Uh, was there anything that was planned and didn't make it into the show that you're like, ah, it would have been cool to fit that in? You know, we got, I mean, look, we have, we have a lot of hours of this. Uh, so I think the <laughs> team would say we got a lot of great stuff and continue to get more. Um, you know, I think there's there's always with him and with all of us that there's always more that can be done. But I, I don't think we'd say on this one, um, you know, we really really wish we could have. Uh, the NFL's been a great partner and been super collaborative collaborative with us on this. Uh, ESPN's been a great partner, so you know we've been fortunate. Uh, we've got a we've got a company that we work with on the graphics side. It's been a great partner, Elastic. So I think everybody's been pulling a lot of weight to make this you know great. Um. So I, I feel like I, I should ask this, but if, if you're not comfortable talking about it, we can cut it out. I'm, I'm curious, though, if, if it got put on ESPN+, Plus, which I think to some people, like my audience is like, ah, it's not accessible to me. And I, I'm like, ah, no problem to me. But I'm curious why or how that decision was made to put it on ESPN+, Plus and not somewhere else. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, look, it's an ESPN conversation, ultimately their decision. Um, yeah. Uh, all I could do is speculate that... Um, it's a com- I mean, if you look at everything in media right now, it's about driving towards subscription value. And yeah. so I think my, my guess is it's, it's something around that. But I mean, I'm with you in that just from a broad audience landscape, you know, we, we would love to have it as, in as many homes as possible. But I think uh, I think in some ways, plus also drives for those that are in or 
you know, you, you made the commitment. Now you're engaged. Yeah. Kind of cool. Well, it got me to get Disney Plus, and I, yeah. I've compared the show a lot to The Last Dance. I mean, I really yeah. see so many parallels, and I think this is even better. It's a superior to me because there's so much more story there, and it's we get to see all the championships and and the losses. And I, there are certain things that we see we hear Tom talk about. I, I haven't heard him talk as in depth about losing to the Giants as I've seen in the last two episodes. And that to me is really special. Cause I always wondered like, what's it like to talk? He tore his ACL and missed a whole year. And he talked about how like that made me really understand how much I love the game. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome content. I love that. And I, I just, I, maybe the, what I'm want to say here is just thank you. Cause I really, I really truly as a massive fan of Tom and a huge sports fan, I, I can speak for, I think the audience watching it's phenomenal. It's really well done. Thank you so much. No, I really appreciate it. And, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think you talked to Alex and Eric and our team, who, and Meg and team who, who's editing, and they would re- reflect on the same things you're saying, which is almost like, oh, man. I mean, they get deep into it, and then they step back. And say, this is amazing. This is so cool. And, you know, to your point on just li- like they've seen the content so often, I even see sometimes that Eric, who's our creative director, has been so into this, himself almost behaviorally changing and improving as a person <laughs> watching tom so often so uh, it's fascinating yeah there's a great clip i love the it was included it was the very beginning a producer was like and i might have been i don't know who it was but someone was like you know you said going into this kind of feels like therapy and i I love that that was it didn't need to be included and i love that that was put in like that's such a great little clip to put in there (laughs) yeah yeah. um i'm curious do you have anything else you want to say about the show i mean i i can't gush about it enough i truly i love it and i'm grateful for your time and i I don't want to waste it but i'm curious if you have anything else you want to talk about no, I mean, look, we, we're excited about it as well. We have a podcast, which is, a, which is, I wouldn't call it a companion, but it's a Man in the Arena podcast, which we produced also with ESPN, which is, you know, this whole show is about Tom and everything through his eyes. The podcast is about who are these people over the same 20 years who've been impacted by him in different ways, whether it's hatred, love, uh, failure, devotion, all these types of topics. And so that's uh, a Man in the Arena podcast you can download this to as well, which I which I think you get something different from, uh, whether you're a Tom fan or not again. Uh, and then, you know, look, we have a lot of other content that we continue to work on. We have lots and lots of things we're working on for 22 and uh, no, excited to, to have more of this stuff out in the world. I, I guess I, I, I should tell you, because I don't know who else to – you're the only person who's here I have, right? Uh, whenever Tom does retire at the year – 87 years old and he's done playing. Um, I, I think I speak for the audience. I'm, I'm both, I straddle line between analyst and, and fan. I, I love sports. I love Tom. I hope he does something in front of a mic or in front of a, a camera. Like he's so good on camera and it's very clear, not only the wealth of stories he has from his career, but also like he's collected so much knowledge that I think is yeah. valuable to share. And I, I just, I think I speak for the audience. I hope he does continue to share that because it really, I think beyond just the stories and the entertainment value, he can really help people by telling a story. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I think that um, I think that's a good point. I think I think uh, you know if anything about his social media has shown people something over the last few years, it's uh, there's value. I mean, I think he creates a lot of real value. To your point, it's probably a combination of tone, his perspective, and also he has something to say. He has a lot that he's learned, and he has a very unique perspective around it. Uh What's next for you guys? Can you guys tease anything coming up at Religion of Sports? Uh, you know, we've announced most of the content that we're announcing right now, but we have, I mean, look, we, we did, um, uh, this year we did, I would say, as in-depth, as equivalently, but different, um, with Simone Biles over the summer on Facebook mm. Watch, Simone versus Herself, which not only was her leading up to the Olympics, but also tracked 
her um, during the Olympics and you know the, the decision to not participate and we got all of that and, and again it's this journey not physical uh, physical or, or it's mental it's what does the sport take to and what is it what are, what are the things it puts in front of you so that was fascinating um, beyond Simone um, we've got uh, uh, you know that Russell Westbrook documentary I talked about passion play which was out which again so the great of Russell and you know we actually just uh, produced with Under Armour that a short film that uh, 60 seconds that launched after you wrote the record last night, which again, this is this version <laughs> of what does it take? What's the work it takes from being a kid to now breaking a record with uh, Steph Curry. So yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys did a great job. I, I got to say, I, I personally can't wait to hear about the, the Tampa episode, the, the final <laughs> one. I'm, yeah. I, I, I know that's going to be, a, it's already been amazing. But I know that's going to be great to hear the story from his words and their transition. And it's going to be, it's awesome. So uh, Amit, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, keep doing great work. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. All right, guys. I don't know if I need a little singer at the end, but uh, in case I do, hope you have a great one. I love you. I appreciate you. But I'm bum. Bam, we are done.